I want to read for you from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. That's usually the response that God wants from us. Let's go. We respond to what God is doing. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and Mary and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The title of my sermon today is Great Joy has a great name. Great joy has a great name. Uh, it took me a while, but I have learned that in my marriage, when there's something to announce, something significant, my wife, Albina, puts a lot of work into preparing the announcement. So if we're pregnant, there's a way to announce when you are to announce it, and most importantly, to whom you make the announcement. Because you don't want to tell it to somebody that just spreads the, you know, the, the rumor or the n- news around. You want to keep it to yourself. And by the way, I learned that the last thing you should do is post online. That comes way after. But it's interesting how uh, Jesus is just born. I mean, it's been minutes, maybe hours. And the angels in in heaven decides to make this announcement to the shepherds, to the shepherds. And today, I I think that's a huge, huge point of this passage, to whom God makes this announcement to. And the announcement is an announcement of great joy, great joy. Notice it is not the announcement of great rules. It is not the announcement of great fear. It is the announcement of great joy. I don't know if I would be interested in great joy. I think just joy is fine. I think just a little bit of joy is fine, especially as frantic as our lives can be. I'm amazed that it's the promise of great joy. But you know what that tells me? That that's who God is. He's the always God of the extra. He doesn't just love you. He so loved you that he gave his only son. He doesn't just answer your prayers. I would love that. God should just just do that. No, he does exceedingly more than we ask. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, 
In him we have redemption in his blood. Through the uh, forgiveness of our trespasses. Through the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. It's who God is. Great joy. God gives us great joy. But notice something here. Isn't that what you would want? This joy. This deep-seated satisfaction in life. This contentment. This hope of greater things to come. Joy. Is that what you want? Joy. I I want joy. It doesn't matter what life throws at you, but there is joy available that can weather the storm. Take the bumps. Take the valleys because you've got this joy in you. But please notice that this joy has an address. This joy has everything to do and wrapped up in who Jesus is. Everybody here and everybody in our city and everybody in our country and everybody in this globe loves and would want joy. But not everybody's willing to look for it where it's found. See, in this passage, that joy is found in Jesus. I bring you great news of great joy. And where's that joy? You will find a baby born unto you. And that baby is the joy. That baby is the address of our joy. Great joy has a great name, Jesus. And it's wrapped up in with who Jesus is and what he, decide, what he is to do. The two titles, or at least three titles that we see Jesus being is Savior, Anointed One, Christ, Messiah, Lord. I want to take two of those. Our joy is connected to when we know Jesus as our Savior. He's our Savior. I like to stand here most Sundays, and I say this one thing all the time. I say, God works through things. When he achieves his purposes, he's the God of through. When he delivers the people of it of Israel from bondage to Pharaoh, he sends Moses. When God wants to deliver the people of Israel from the bondage of oppressors around, he sends judges. When God has a message for somebody, he sends a prophet. But when it came to salvation, God had no one to say to send. Salvation was going to be a God job. He goes. He didn't send somebody. He goes. And that speaks to the enormity of our need, the enormity of our problem. Evil is around us. Evil is in in us. And that problem is not easily fixed. This is why God comes to do the saving. Uh, The Bible teaches us about our sinful natures. One of the reasons I find Christianity so convincing, no, I do, I'm not saying you should, is that Christianity gives us the best explanation for all that's wrong in the world. If you look around right now, the country I was born, Ukraine, is just getting torn apart with missiles. 20th century was the bloodiest, deadly century ever. People hate, people kill, there's violence, there's power, 
There's exploitation. There's gossip. There's tearing people down. There's mistreatment. There's dishonor. And when you step back and you say, what's the reason of that? (laughs) I love the academia. They have a couple of explanations, like maybe it's where you were raised, your upbringing. That sure has some explanation to it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that there is a problem of sin. Sinful natures that all human beings share in. And this is what explains all the evil. And sinners like you and me, us, do sin. And sin has wages. In fact, Romans says that the Wages of sin is death. And I don't know about you, but that might offend you because you could think like, wait a moment. My sin has a penalty, death? I thought God is love. And he is, I promise you he is. But you see, every sin must be paid for. And that might offend you, but that's what you expect. Because what happens to you when you suffer injustice? You want justice. I was thinking about myself, how when I drive on the road, have you ever driven on a freeway and there's like this whole line of traffic taking an exit and you being the smart one are like, you know what, I'm just going to go all the way to the front, turn on my blinkers and pray for mercies and try to get in. And, And so that's what you want. That's totally normal. But you know what I found myself when I'm in the line, faithfully moving one mile per hour up, scooching forward and a car comes in, oh, that guy or girl deserves a punishment. I'm going to scooch. This is like on, on a bad day. You know, I'm going to scooch up as close as I can. I, you know what? Because that's a silly example of just how we all recognize that when wrong is committed, penalty and debt must be paid. So what are we going to do with our penalty, our debt? The greatest news is a savior is born unto you. And Jesus has come to take away your penalty. That's good news. That's great news. That's the kind of news that makes it for great joy. In 1 Thessalonians 1.10, it says this, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Romans 5, 9 says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Let me give you a quick analogy. Imagine we're playing basketball. I don't know if you know this, but I was going to play in the NBA. I just decided to go into ministry. Uh, why are you guys laughing? <laughs> All right. I'll try to keep my self-esteem intact. Um, but imagine we're playing basketball, and uh, imagine that we're on the same team, and we're losing big time, and it's third quarter, and we, we, we dug ourselves a hole we can't get out of. Imagine that's the scenario. We're playing five on five, and, and we're losing this game. Now imagine this. Now this is a fantasy. Uh, LeBron James is hanging out in the bleachers just watching this game. He's, he's not really in the game. He's just watching on the game. Do you see that all of a sudden, like, we have the debt, the problem. LeBron James is kind of the solution (laughs) if he could just kind of get on our team. But LeBron James doesn't have the problem. 
We have the problem with no solution. LeBron James is the solution with no problem. And imagine this. What if I told you, third quarter, five minutes in, he jumps onto our team, becomes one of us. That's called Christmas Day. It's when God the Son decided to become one of us. And by becoming one of us, he takes on our debt. But because he is God the Son, he can also pay it. That's why he's our Savior. He pays our debt. Are you forgiven today? Oh, forgiveness is a door into peace with God. Adoption into the family. Eternal life. Favor of heaven. Holy Spirit in us. By coming to Jesus, you have forgiveness of your sins. Secondly, notice this, that he is also Lord. I I didn't notice this before, but the announcement of good news includes Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. Beware of good news that offers Jesus as Savior, but not Lord. Beware of news, good news, that offers Jesus as someone who can get you into the door, but is not worthy of being worshiped as Lord once you're in. The good news is that we also have a Lord that we can come and surrender to. Are you surrendered? Do you know that the joy that you may not be experiencing today may be due to parts and pieces of your life that you haven't yet yielded to Jesus. I love that Jesus is our Lord. It is exhausting to be a king of your life. Don't you think so? Like, don't we make poor, horrible kings and rulers of our lives? For one, you control very little. And imagine having to try to control everything. That's exhausting. Very few things go our way, don't they? Don't they? But that's why we're so angry all the time. Some of us are emotionally spent. And one of the reasons we're emotionally spent is because we don't know that the great news that Jesus offers is that we don't have to be kings of our lives anymore. That's the good news. You can come and surrender to him. Give him control. You can come and bow to him and live for him because that's what you're made for, for him, not for him, for you. And in that is joy. Is there anything in your life that is not surrendered today? One more quick example of Christmas lights. Anybody put on Christmas lights? Those things are horrible to do. But I love Christmas lights when they have those uh, small little things that you put on your Christmas tree. And if one light bulb stops working, all of the lights decide to stop working. You Anybody know that problem? And so then you have to go find that light bulb. That's a horrible decision. I saw it at Home Depot the other day. Christmas lights where it says, if one stops working, everything else still works. I'm like, those are awesome. <laughs> but you know what? That's a clear picture of what surrender looks like. Jesus is Lord means everything I have, every light bulb of my life, is surrendered to him. And were one light bulb to be not surrendered, 
that can't be properly called surrender. He is Lord. Our joy, great joy, is tied up with Jesus being our forgiveness and Jesus being our Lord. Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? One of my favorite things about this, and if we could get keys up here and we'll be wrapping up soon. One of my absolute favorite things about this story is that the invitation comes to the shepherds. Now, when I think of shepherds, for the longest time I used to think of the kind of romantic scene where there's some incredible shepherd walking out on green rolling hills and he has these incredible cute sheep and the shepherd is walking with this incredibly adorable sheep dog and he's doing his thing. That's what we think of shepherds as. But in this century, shepherds were the outcasts. In this time, shepherds were the kind of people that you wanted to avoid at all costs. In fact, Luke, this whole gospel, shares Like Luke loves the outcasts. He loves the tax collectors. Many times Jesus talks to the tax collectors. Oh, he loves the Gentiles. He loves the Samaritans. He loves the people who don't belong. He he talks about how Jesus goes out of his way to get to the lepers, to touch them. When he has no business in doing that, he's God. He can speak at a distance and say healed, but we we see that Jesus comes to touch the leper because that's who God is. He is the God for the shepherds. He's the God for those of us who don't belong, who are outcasts, who are downtrodden, who are messy people. If we could be all honest that kind of summarizes me. It probably summarizes all of us. We're the shepherds. We're the messy people. We're the broken people. We're the people who don't have it all together. And God comes with the invitation for great joy to the shepherds, to us. You know, the Bible has, is full of characters who have outsinned you but never outrun God's grace. Because it doesn't matter where you are today. Listen, it really doesn't matter where you are today. You are not beyond the reach of God's grace. You are not beyond the reach of God's love. His hand is for you. I love that a response is needed. See, the Christmas story is not a story that can be agreed to and ignored that can be loved and discarded no 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 the Christmas story if it's true demands a response and the shepherds tell each other let's go let's go to get to Jesus let's come and see this baby and notice this here's what the Bible doesn't say that the shepherds when they were invited to come to see Jesus did not say the shepherds went home and cleaned up the shepherds did not go home and figure everything out and get ready to meet the king of the universe in that manger was the most important person ever to be born no 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 the shepherds 
got to come as they are. Hey, do you know that today the invitation is for you to come to Jesus? And you get to come as you are. One of the definitions of freedom is not needing to hide anymore. Well, you don't need to hide with Jesus. You are invited to come exactly as you are. So that's the response. How are you going to respond? Are you going to come and see Jesus? The invitation of Christmas to the shepherds is the same invitation to everyone here today. Come, come to Jesus. In simple terms, it simply means to come and believe in him. Come and put your faith in him. So at this very moment, I actually want to read Acts 16, 29. It says this. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How can I be forgiven? How can I belong into the family of God? How can I be adopted? How can I be wearing righteous robes? How can I have all the promises of God? How can I be filled with the Spirit? What must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. My invitation today is have you believed in Jesus? Would you rise to your feet with me? I want to give you an opportunity to pray right now. This is a sacred moment. Yeah, we got kiddos. We love them. Christmas story is about babies. But in this sacred moment, I want to invite you for you to pray a prayer as I pray. And that prayer is simple. If you don't have forgiveness, if you are not his child, the prayer is a simple one. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you have died for my sins. Would you do that right now? As I pray, you pray. Let us pray. Jesus, you are our Savior and Lord. We surrender our lives to you. We get to stand today forgiven washed, renewed. We get to be filled with your spirit. We get to have hope of greater things. Jesus, you are our cause for joy. We thank you. We exalt you. Lord, we trust in your name. We thank you that you've come that day and we thank you that you've come to the shepherds, those who don't deserve you those who are unworthy of you, all of us here, you've come for us. We thank you. Amen. We're going to have a moment right now of continuing to worship God. But this time we're going to light our our candles. (laughs) There you go.
Not light up, turn on our candles. If you could take up your candles out. Hey, we're going to sing a song about Jesus being the light of the world. By holding this candle up, we are saying, Jesus, you have come. Light has come and darkness has not overcome it. And another thing is by holding this candle, we are invited to be the light of Christ to the dying world. Let us sing.